Let's talk about the Black is Beautiful Stout Initiative with its founder, Marcus. The Black is Beautiful Stout Initiative is a, quote, collaborative effort amongst the brewing community in an attempt to bring awareness to the injustices that many people of color face daily, unquote. With over 1,000 participating breweries across 22 countries. Its founder, Marcus, displays the drive and passion it takes to make genuine change in the world. I truly enjoyed my conversation with him, and I hope you will too. Surprisingly, it's been cold and rainy for the last week in Texas. My mood is somewhat low from the lack of sunshine as I park my van in the brewery parking lot. Upon entering the building, the smell of brewing day lifts my mood immediately. Additionally, Marcus comes over to shake my hand and his calm, welcoming vibe puts me even more at ease. I'm looking forward to our conversation as I set up my gear. Marcus sits down, and we begin to talk. I'm here with Marcus, the owner and director of brewing at Weathered Souls Brewing in San Antonio. Hi, Marcus. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. How about you? Can't complain. Got in a little early, earlier than... I would have thought that I would have got up after eating so much for Thanksgiving. But oh, man. Are you not a morning person? <laughs> I'm very much the morning person, um, but I didn't expect to get up at 4.30. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, been here since 6. And, oh, man. I've gotten a lot accomplished already this morning, so I can't Jeez. complain. Well, yeah. thanks for meeting with me. Then. Yeah, no problem. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, um, so let's see. I've been in beer now since about... 2007 2008 sometime is when i started drinking beer okay um the story goes basically me and my brother and another relative got introduced to beer from one of their friends that lived in southern california um and then my brother and relative introduced me to beer um, okay so started drinking with them visiting some like local little bars tap rooms things like that um but then, you know, there was always the, there's not many or any individuals that look like us, you know, when we go out or hang out, beer mm -hmm. festivals or anything like that, typically we're the only ones. Yeah. Um, so we ended up starting something called Brothers in Beer, which was basically like a group to kind of promote diversity, like within beer. So we had been yeah. talking about that for a very long time. Okay. Um, you know, social media handles, that type of stuff, um, to where it kind of pushed things up. But within that, um, this brewery called Moraz Brewing Company brewed a beer called Brothers and Beer, and it was a black IPA. And that was yeah. like our introduction into like the brewing realm. And so um, my brother had got a Mr. Beer kit for Christmas, and it was one of those Mr. Beer kits that came out completely horrible. <laughs> okay. And being the competitive nature that we have with one, one another, it was, well, I could brew a better beer than you. Okay. Um, so our first couple of beers we actually did together. Um, I think the first beer was a Hop Slam clone. Yeah, Hop Slam clone. And it came out okay. 
Um, the next beer was another, I think, double IPA that we tried, and that one not so much. Uh, at the time, you think about it, and it's like, okay, these things are okay. But then you think about it now, and it's like, oh my god, those beers were so horrible. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I then I think, yeah. so much. And then I think we did one more beer together, um, and then that time we introduced uh, Kyle McDonald, who. Uh, has worked for a few breweries um, and then also has uh, opened a couple of breweries in Hawaii. Um, so that was his introduction into beer too. Um, okay. So brewed a couple beers, nothing ever really stuck the way that we really wanted it to. Um, and then I moved to San Antonio. So I used to be in fraud prevention for Citibank and okay. used to write fraud policies and all of that fun stuff. So I had the fun opportunity to come do some training in San Antonio and I had never been anywhere else. And so decided to kind of like stay, why not? Let's move and switch things up. Okay. Um, so first week I got in a car accident here because we all know how terrible the San Antonio drive, driving scene is here. I don't it's know terrifying. if you got the experience. It's ter- I've been here for a little bit. It's terrifying. And so um, basically I took the money that I got from the accident and up- mm-hmm. upgraded my home brewing equipment. I was out of here, like out here by myself, didn't really have anything to do. I was living in the middle of nowhere on this golf course. And so I said, well, let's go ahead and upgrade our equipment and then kind of just go from there. Yeah. So I upgraded the equipment. A couple beers didn't really come out the way that I wanted to. And I almost hung up my brewing boots very early. Well, I guess then I was brewing in Jordans, but oh, almost hung my shoes <laughs> up uh, very early. And um, what made you keep going? So my girlfriend, uh, who's my wife now. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, it's been like five years now. but <laughs> Delayed uh, congratulations. <laughs> she uh, was basically like, you spend all that money, your ass is going to keep brewing. <laughs> and so I remember this is 2013, and I was listening to the Brewing Network. Okay. And I had the opportunity to listen to Annie Johnson and Annie Johnson was talking about, you know, her experience winning home brewer of the year that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it stuck because one, she was from Sacramento. So I got to see somebody from the city that I grew up in. Yeah. Uh, she was black. So that was the first time that a black person had won home brewer of the year. So now you like wow. literally see somebody from the same place as you that looks like you that has like reached the epitome of brewing and it yeah. sparked something within me to want to kind of keep going mm-hmm. so the next beer that i did was like um a mr or a more beer kit for shallow grave so heretic shallow grave which was a robust porter but being the person that i am i don't ever like stick, never stuck to any of those like recipes they where they were they were supposed to be so I kind of altered some stuff around and added some stuff in the boil and it was like the first good porter or first good beer that I had produced on my own. And so yeah. it motivated me. So then, you know, next, you're like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next thing was a pale ale, then a blonde ale, uh, IPA. And we ran through a lot of the like classic styles, but then got bored with that pretty quick. Um, so then moved on to some of the adjuncted stuff and started doing, that's kind of when I got into the whole like adjuncted stout thing. That was like more in like 2014. Okay. Um, you know, adding vanilla beans and cacao nibs and all of that fun stuff to stouts at home. Yeah. Um, and then started barrel aging around there too. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So started diving into some little five gallon barrel aged beers and letting them sit in the, the closet and all of that fun stuff. 
Um, and so over the course of the next few years, we had kind of grown like a popularity as a home brewer here in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wanted to try to sample the things that I was producing and stuff like that. Um, and so this local place that's no longer open called missions untapped, let me have a tap takeover. And I put, I think four or five beers on tap and all of them tapped out that same day. Um, Wow. And so as a home brewer, you're all excited, right? Like, oh, man. People like my Yeah, all all my beers tapped out. So then this local brewery, uh, Busted Sandal, offered me a job and let me have a tap takeover at their location as well. And so same thing. I think I had three or four beers on tap and all of them tapped out. Okay. And so they ended up offering me like um, an assistant brewing position and took that, worked there for a year, kind of learned the do's and don'ts. A little more so the don'ts of yeah. you know the the production realm. How how different was it from home brewing? To oh, it's huge. Production? Yeah, really? I was. Was it an adjustment was, for you? Yeah, I was very intimidated starting out. Um, didn't get into a lot of the fun stuff. Um, it was more so about learning, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, then yeah. you're going to such a large scale, going from five gallons to I think. They had a 10 barrel system, so 310 gallons. That's a huge, big difference. And then, yeah. you know, the fermentation stuff and everything else. So it was huge. Yeah. Um, so, in the process of that, kind of learned so the do's and don'ts. Um, within a year, I kind of grew unhappy uh, because oh. I didn't have the luxury of experimenting, uh, brewing any of the things that I wanted to do, which is typical, right? But mm-hmm. me coming in at that time, I didn't know that. I'm just, yeah. I want to do my own thing and I want to produce my own beers and, you know, like, all these people are excited about this and that, but I don't get to make any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I quit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I had a full-time job where yeah. I was making really good money, so it's not like I needed the part-time position anyway. Yeah. Um, so I ended up quitting. And then um, at that point, my business partner now was uh, also involved in that brewery. And we used to go out and drink and that type of thing. And I asked him, like, when are we going to open a brewery? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. And we started working on that business plan, I think, like eight days later. Wow. Um, and, and that's then, where Weathered Souls yeah, comes so in. so that's where the whole conception of Weathered Souls came. The following information is for brewers that are listening. Weathered Souls provides the base recipe for the stout, but everyone is encouraged to put your own spin on the beer. You are given the blackest beautiful logo, and space is left for everyone's own logos and ideas. In a collaborative effort, Weathered Souls asks participating brewers to donate 100% of the beer's proceeds to local foundations that support police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. I've included a link on my Instagram page to the website itself, but if you have any questions, I can point you in the right direction. Just reach out to me directly. Let's talk more about the initiative with Marcus. Wow, is this the location that you, you yeah. opened? so or this yeah? is the original this, uh, location. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, interesting. So where does the name come in? So Weather Souls comes in, um, is more uh, owed to my business partners, uh, grandfather and father. Okay. You know, one of those you experienced and have weathered life and, you know, you're one of those individuals that have been through a lot through the course of your journey of life. Uh, for me, it resonates because of, I mean, I've been in, wireless banking for like 15 years and then never in the like foresights of anything that i ever see myself like getting into beer yeah and then to be at this experience now you know six years later has definitely weathered me up some uh so that's kind of yeah where the name resonates for me but that's where the original basis of it came from okay oh there we go theme song 
Um, so, so then you're kind of you're the pioneer. It doesn't make sense. People much. are in the, in the yeah. building and then call me and yeah. inside of the building. <laughs> it's a big location. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to yell out. <laughs> um, so you're the you're the pioneer of the Black is Beautiful Stout initiative. Yeah, we did create um, Black is Beautiful here. Um, twenty yeah. twenty. Can you explain that? Yeah. Um, so the the thing about Black is Beautiful is a lot of people don't realize like this is was a hundred percent organic experience right yeah uh black is beautiful was something that was based off of emotion i mean you were looking at the murder of george floyd and then we just had the murder of brianna taylor and mm. i was on my way to dallas to go do a collaboration with uh the homies turning point and i was listening to brianna taylor's mom talk about the course of actions of her finding out that her daughter was murdered and it was like one of those conversations that brought me to tears because one it makes you think about your own experiences as a black man and the situations that you've been through and that your friends been through but then it's also one of those things where i'm raising two young daughters myself and looking at the future those could be situations that they're in and so yeah i mean it was one of those things that kind of resonated with you and then on the way back um had the opportunity to listen to a lot of the like um protests and things that were going on so we were sitting at like the height of covid at that time and a lot of people don't understand and especially because i'm sitting here having a conversation with you right now and it's flowing very easily but i'm very much the introverted person oh and so okay. um dealing with that i don't you know i like being to myself type of thing sure um and so when thinking about what to do, originally I was just going to do a standalone release like within the brewery, and it was going to be called Black is Beautiful. We were going to do a stout, and then I was going to donate some of the money locally. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with uh, Jeffrey Stuffings over that weekend, and he was talking about, we were talking about family, Trump, you know, relationships, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then at the course of the conversation, I sent him the mock up for the label for Black is Beautiful. Like, oh, well, this is what, you know, based off this conversation we had, this is what I have in the works. And Jeff challenged me and was like, well, I'd understand if you don't want to, but you should turn this into a collaboration. And I thought about it for a few and I was like, you know what, Jeff, you're absolutely right. Like, I should. Um, yeah. And so spent the next basically 48 hours formulating Black is Beautiful, um, coming up with everything that you see on the Black is Beautiful website, mm -hmm. uh, working with my uh, artist to come up with the label, uh, Kevin Dyer. He, he did that in 48 hours. Uh, basically gave him like a couple little points of what I wanted within um, the actual label, but yeah. he did that. Um, and then everything that we needed from um, the craft beer you know, scene and, and the other breweries, but one of the things that was interesting in trying to come up with all this is, you know, we're in a predominantly Caucasian, you know, industry. I'm looking at 99 point and some change of yeah, yeah, Caucasians yeah. in the industry versus, you know, what's black owned or even minority owned. And yeah. so it was one of those things like, okay, I'm going to come out with this style called Black is Beautiful and ask all these thousands of Caucasian people to brew this style called Black is Beautiful. Like, what is this reception going to be like? And then... Yeah. How do you go about it to make it not seem like it's something political or something, you know, that's kind of raising the masses type thing? And so that was a difficult point uh, to kind of come up with. But I think that yeah. people seeing that it was an organic experience and it was something that needed to be brought up within our brewing scene because yeah. of the lack of diversity and the 
the things that have gone on over the course of the years that never really got talked about. Um, and so it's definitely, you know, has basically created a revolution within beer. You had the things that Brienne did. Um, you have the Michael J. Jackson Foundation that Garrett came up with. Um, you have all these other black influencers and, and brewery owners starting to open up and things like that. Um, so I think the Black is Beautiful initiative was definitely like a catalyst to a, a lot of kind of the changes of what you're seeing within beer now, which is an amazing thing. Absolutely. You said a quote. I, uh, there's a short documentary on your website. Mm-hmm. You said something like, good beer brings friends together, but great beer brings people together. Yeah. And you definitely see that in the initiative with, with how, how wildly accepted it it was and, and it caught on over a thousand breweries, uh, 22 countries, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the, the main things was definitely about bringing conversation and, you know, having this doubt and just talking to your, then the person next to you or, you know, whoever about some of the issues that were going on, um, socially, economically, and whatever else was going on in yeah. life at that time. Um, but then also it engaged breweries within communities that they're typically not involved in or don't even know are around them. Yeah. Um, so to be able to open up those different type of experiences for breweries and even the other individuals, uh, the benefactors that received those funds, yeah. um, you know, did some big things. It ended up, I think, raising over a little over four and a half million dollars. So oh my gosh. to have that amount of money, you know, support some of these different entities and some of the letters that I've gotten from them, some of them have been crazy just as far as how appreciative they've been. Like, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do X, Y, Z if we didn't receive these funds. Wow. Um, so to be able to see things like that and kind of see that, transition of where the industry has gone since then yeah um you know it's been a, a good thing absolutely and it's an ongoing thing as well right the yeah black uh, so black stuff. is beautiful is not going yeah. anywhere um a lot of people don't brew it as much obviously uh but people are still brewing it i think jester king releases theirs this week um Live Oak released theirs a couple weeks ago. Matt Pepper released theirs a couple weeks ago. Um, so definitely breweries are still producing it, still donating and, yeah. and that type of stuff. So, For drinkers who wish to support the cause, look for updates from your local breweries when and if the Black is Beautiful Stout will be released. Most importantly, if your favorite local brewery has not yet heard about this initiative, shout out to Weathered Souls Brewing and take the brewery with the hashtag Black is Beautiful Beer. Let's get back to Marcus. What keeps you going? <laughs> um, I think my drive for competition is one of them. Um, I don't ever like to be outdone. And I think that's just... <laughs> and it's a horrible like thing to have, and I'm working on it. Um, but... What made me realize a lot of the issues that I have are, um, and I talked about it in the little craft brewers professional thing recently, was uh, Kevin Hart's Monsters and How to Tame Them. And like listening to that book and like some of the different things that I never recognized that I do that would probably change my life if I just made those small steps. (laughs) Um, But then the second thing would obviously be my children um, trying to build something for them. Um, trying to show them how hard work could be beneficial, you know, trying to build something generational for them. I mean, to find out my grandma brewed and my great grandfather brewed and distilled. And so no way. to be able to wow. like kind of bestow that on my kids and hopefully they kind of go within that direction too, um, has definitely been a main driver for me. It was funny because my daughter gave me this picture the other day and she was like, Oh, daddy, this is for you. And so I'm asking her what each thing is. And then one of them, Oh, that's a, um, 
a glass of beer. And I'm like, oh, that's my five-year-old over that's here drawing glasses of beer. But then I guess, you know, I can't be mad <laughs> given the, the career family. choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, just don't get me in trouble. Oh, man, but, that's funny. <laughs> but, you know, I would say definitely those main two things. But then also, yeah. I guess, also customers, right? Um, yeah. Those experiences where you see somebody drink something that you handcrafted and created with your hands and, you know, you created this recipe and... You know, there's outside of just the overall production aspect, there's so much of an artistic aspect for me when it comes to beer and what we mm. do here and the creations of of what we try to do flavor wise. Um, and so when you see the enjoyment of individuals drinking your beer and actually liking it and you see the smile and then, then you know, sitting here talking about this or, yeah. oh, you need to try this. You know, those are those experiences that kind of warm your heart up, at least let you know that you're you're doing yeah. great things yeah. within your your path definitely and it's entirely world word of mouth as well there's mm-hmm. no advertising and you made a quick reference to your dad did the the same thing where he didn't pay for marketing in some way or oh so that was, was there... mike's dad yeah oh, it was mike's uh, dad yeah okay. so my business partner oh yeah so my business partner um his dad owned a previous business you know years ago and it was the same thing we've always done word of mouth um you know just i That's mean a- obviously we've had a lot of media coverage um but it's not like us reaching out or anything like that is typically the other way around. That's why I know yeah. your beer's good. Um, now, yeah. I mean, marketing <laughs> at some points couldn't hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm starting to realize that going into year, year seven. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's worked for us so far. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy because we do still get like people that live across the street be like, I didn't know you guys were here. And it's like, oh, we've really? been here for six years. <laughs> but I guess that goes back to the no marketing thing and stuff like that. But yeah. then you hear about people that have heard from us, you know, overseas or I'm in a different state, like at the airport. And somebody's like, are you Marcus? And I'm like, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> why uh, yeah right but you know to have those type of experiences definitely lets at least know that our beer is getting out there and that type of stuff too definitely definitely marcus i want to thank you so much for sitting down with me yeah no problem um you're such a driving force in, in the industry and i'm glad to see that you're doing what you're doing and thank you so much again appreciate it that was a quick 20 minutes a quick 20 minutes all right. that's all it is cheers thanks man cheers For further information about the brewery or the Black is Beautiful initiative, visit weatheredsouls.beer. Or, as mentioned before, reach out to me personally on my Instagram and I will point you in the right direction. Thank you so much for listening to the Beer Nomad Podcast. Follow along visually at my Instagram at thebeernomadvan or on the website at thebeernomadvan.com. As always, drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. Cheers.